You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Oh, right. We have started this thing. <laughs> We're doing our best. So, we tried it in my room last week. And it was still... And it was still a little too echoey. Kevin said it wasn't that much better. Right now, Martha and I have two couches. Because <laughs> uh, we bought a new couch and just haven't gotten rid of the other couch yet. Yes. So we're not really sure what to do with it. We are uh, a two-couch apartment, but yeah. also a two-bedroom apartment yes. for two people. And the couches are back-to-back. <laughs> Because you, you know, never know. One couch to admire the tree. One um, tree couch, one TV yeah. couch. So there's that. And so it didn't work in my bedroom last week with the echoey. So Kevin, our editor, editor. Her, he was like, well, you're probably going to have to get some kind of like tent or curtains, curtains or curtains something for you. And we were like, fuck that shit. So we took our two couches we separated them a cushion's length, and we put a blanket over them. So we made a, a fort. pillow fort. Let's be real. It's a, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a, more of a blanket fort. Oh yeah, there are pillows involved. There are pillows, there are pillows involved. and blankets involved. It's, and and squishmallows. Yes. Is this the first <laughs> squishmallow fort? I squishmallow, think. please. <laughs> <laughs> It would be so great if you would pay for us to podcast. Or send us Squishmallows to podcast. I'm okay with that payment. that would be the okay way to pay me. Yeah, so we are sitting in our living room in a a fort. In a fort? Doing fort-type shit? (laughs) It's a little too short for Martha, so she's a little hunch. Also, like, thank God I already slouched. Because this is me actually. I mean, it's fine. It's just a blanket. It's just a blanket. As long as Luna doesn't try to sit on the top of it. (laughs) should be fine. Um, if she does, you guys will absolutely fucking hear it because we'll both fucking screech. So we're going to try this out. We'll see how yeah. it sounds. We'll see if, if it, it doesn't work, I'm sending Kevin a lot of glitter. I going to say, next time we see you, Kevin, <laughs> if this doesn't work, I'm going to poke you in the eye. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So we're on episode 37. 37. I'm Brittany Utrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But, but First, Let's, Let's Talk Nerdy. nerdy. Clink. Back to cans today. Back to cans because we're lazy and I haven't done the dishes. Mm-hmm. So I am going to talk about Final Fantasy X and its call out on organized religion. Oh, shit. Oh, really? Yes. I really don't. You know me. I know like very, very vague shit about Final Fantasy and I know 80% of it just by knowing you <laughs> and Panda. Yes. I'll go over a little basis of it, but I don't get too in-depth in the actual, like, this Story is what happens blue, in the blue, game, blue. and then we do this, and then we do that, because that's just not important to right now. <laughs> so, oh, my sources, I didn't list them. I know I used Wikipedia, and I know I used Fandom, and I think I read an article on IGN. So, Final Fantasy X, an RPG developed and published by Square. And it is the 10th main entry in the Final Fantasy series. It's also the first Final Fantasy to ever get a sequel. 
It originally was released in 2001 on the PlayStation 2 and was re-released Final Fantasy X, X2 HD remastered for the PlayStation 3 and on the PlayStation Vita in 2013. Oh Vita. Then PlayStation 4, 2015, Microsoft Windows in 2016, and then finally in 2019, the, it was released on Nintendo Switch and Xbox. I personally own mm -hmm. Final Fantasy X and X2 on the PlayStation 2, two separate games. And then the HD remaster for the PlayStation 3. And then the HD remaster for the PlayStation 4. I mean, you know. <laughs> and I don't think I realized it was on the Switch. So I might get it on the Switch. So that way I can, like, play it if I want to, like... Sit around and yeah, do the thing. Or, like, when I'm traveling or oh, not yeah. home. or Which is why I got Final Fantasy VIII remaster on the Switch, not on anything else. So I could play it. Only when you're out. When I'm out, or if I wanted to play it at home, I could just sit around and it up. do it. Yeah, I can or hook it up to the TV. Hook it up to the TV. I always forget about that because I'm so lazy about that. <laughs> we only do it when we're playing games that involve both of us. Yeah. <laughs> so the game marks the Final Fantasy series transition from having just rendered pre-rendered backdrops into fully three-dimensional areas. So used to when you were run around, everything was just set and you would just run through them and now you could actually go through them and it would change with you. It, <laughs> it was the first one on PlayStation 2, so obviously new technology let them mm -hmm. do better things. And it was the first one that featured voice acting. Ah! Yes. Really? Yeah. All the other ones is text. Oh you my read God. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the they all were on PlayStation. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But like, also, and I, that was I back I when you could rename so... basically all the characters because they weren't said. And then in Final Fantasy X, you could rename the Aeons because they don't ever, they're never spoken. But the only character you can rename is Titus. FYI, everyone, I pronounce it Titus. That is how you pronounce it, and mm -hmm. you pronounce it another way. You're wrong. Don't fucking talk to me about it. With a D or a T? A D. T-I-D-U-S. Okay. Titus. I mean, either way. Like, Titus is a fucking name. Yeah. And it actually has a pronunciation. Yes. You don't get to fucking call him Titus. Does he have tits? <laughs> no, he does not. I mean, not like tits, but you know. No, not really. He's not. He's slender and athletic. <laughs> I mean, that's fine, too, I guess. <laughs> that's just my type, Martha. Wash down the drain, but it's fine. <laughs> Immediately just... <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. And they never say his name because you can technically rename him, so they never say his name. Mm -hmm. And then they don't even say it in Final Fantasy X, too. They just kind of go with the flow of that's so his funny. name not being said. Everybody I... is just named Butts. <laughs> you, you could name them all Butts. I normally go with a uh, theme, like my Final Fantasy IX game, I named everybody Henry VIII people. 90s pop stars. And then, yes, I like re I'll also pick ones for like Aeons, like I'll pick a theme for the Aeons. because you can a nerd, name them. So yeah. cute. I never liked Eris, so I always just named her like bitch or but... something like that. So, development of Final Fantasy X began in, began in 1999 with a budget of more than $32.3 million, which actually nowadays, 2019 money, is $49.6 million. The team had more than 100 people, and Final Fantasy X was both a critical and commercial success, shipping over 8.5 million units worldwide on the PlayStation 2. Clearly, it also is doing pretty good because it released the remaster 5 billion T times. Mm -hmm. 
and it <laughs> is considered one of the greatest video games of all time. And then on March 13th in 2003, it was followed by Final Fantasy X 2, like I mentioned earlier, the very first Final Fantasy that got an official so cool. sequel. And then they sort of made it a thing. Final Fantasy X is set in a fictional world of Spira, consisting of one large landmass divided into three subcontinents surrounded by a bunch of small tropical islands. It features diverse climates, ranging from tropical Bisid and Kilika Islands to temperate Mihan region to the frigid Makalania, or Masalania, I guess I call it Makalania, and Mount Gagazet areas. So it's predominantly populated by humans, Spear does feature a variety of races, though. Among them is the Elbed, which the Elbed is more of like, I guess you can call it a race, but they're essentially, they're they're humans. Okay. But they... Is it like mutants? Kind of. And it's more of like their beliefs that make them a little bit different. They do have two specific traits. They're blonde, and then they have green eyes with the swirl in them. Like I'm sure you've seen with Riku. But they're essentially humans. They're humans. They just have a different... Belief and hair Belief. Color. And they're all blonde. So they're just kind of, they're like a race, but like the other ones are like subhuman groups as opposed to them just like specifically yeah. being a race. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. Yep. yep. And then there are the Guado, which, uh, so I'm going to kind of go in order of the, they get less human and less human-like. The Guado tend to have like elongated fingers and the crazy hair, Seymour, you know, the blue-haired one. He's half Guado and half just regular human. And then... So interspecies yes. intermingling is just fine. But at least with these, because they're all mostly, like, human genetics. They the human Yes, exactly. The they, and then it might get a little... It probably... It would get weird probably when it gets to the Ronso, because they are much less human, lion-like. They stand on their two legs, but they're mostly covered in fur. They're a color. So they, they're very tall. and furries. Yes. Deviant. And then... And the frog-like high pillows. And then... Oh, frog friends. Yeah, kind of. They have, like, weird... They stand up, but they're definitely, like, alien-looking, frog-ish. And, and they speak with a little lish. Oh, that's cute. Yes. I'm just... I know that this isn't it, but I'm just picturing all of the frogs from Animal Crossing. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Close enough. Some Let of me them pull are up a picture of, you, a picture of it for you. Okay. Yeah. Little yeah, yeah. They look like um oh that Pokemon. Oh yeah, they do. Mud the Kip. frog Pokemon. Oh, fuck yeah. They look like a does Mug and Mugkip. Me have the like. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Poofy cheeks. Yes. Cheeks. What? Oh, I was thinking of like Greninja. Oh yeah. If, kind of a mix of them. I was gonna say if they, they had, had a baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> if you fuse them together on your Pokemon fuser. Yeah. I love that shit. You should fuse them together and see what happens. And if it looks like a hypella, we'll post it. I will. Okay. okay. And then also in Spira, the dead who are not sent, that's what they call them. They have to send them, mm-hmm. are the the dead that are not sent to the far plane, which is where they get sent at. They're like hell or yeah. heaven or whatever. Yeah, they don't really yeah. have a hell or heaven. Yeah, that's where just the souls go. Mm-hmm. If they're not sent by a summoner, they end up envying the living and getting pissed that they're dead and the living is alive and they transform into all the fiends that you fight Mm. and then however some unsent have a strong enough 
willpower and like attachment to the world that they can actually retain their human form and you can't really even tell they're dead that we you run into that a few times oh that's fucked up arm sent is such a like good that's so good yep and Sounds like a shitty <laughs> then there are plenty of animals in spirit as well aside from the uh, those that are drawn from real like animals such like cats dogs birds and butterflies they also include these gigantic creature called shoe puffs they're kind of <laughs> like elephants and they can swim long distances and that's where you first meet the hypo and he's like ride the shoe puff how do you spell shoe puff S H O O P U F S. Oh, okay. Oh, well, F of shoe puffs. I made a plural. And then Cute. there's, of course, the chocobo that appears in of all the course. Final Fantasy games. Yes. That there's is no the moogles in this game. Rude. Yeah, I think it's the first game without any moogles. Whoa. But. A lot of the so there's a lot of creatures that aren't in it that you see throughout. And Lulu, her weapon is actually a doll that she it, no, it's like a stuffed animal. Okay, it's not a doll. Stuff. Sorry, I it's a stuffed animal. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So like the very first one that she has, and and um, when she casts magic, it like comes alive and casts the magic for her because oh, she's cute. a mage. Yeah. Um, the very first one and the basic one that she has is a Moogle. And then there's other ones, like the one that I made her have for the longest time until I had to, you can like build them and they'll change as you build them. I made her have a poo-poo for the longest time because I love poo-poos yeah. from Final Fantasy VIII. She has a Moomba, I believe, from Final Fantasy VIII. Her ultimate is the Onion Knight. Like, so they That's pay privilege. Yeah, like they, um, so the ones that aren't quite in it, they still have it in the mm-hmm. way of, um, she has a c- cactuar um, one too, but they're cute little plushes. Ugh. Yeah. <clears throat> they like they do a good job with their cute animals. Yes, yes. A fucking plus Final Fantasy. Yes, absolutely. I don't really know literally most other things yeah. except for the stuff covered they in the Yeah, they have a bunch of but cute they have cute little animals. um like monkey things that run around Xanderkin and Final Fantasy ten two and they'll like fucking steal shit from you if you don't fucking if you stand too long, like they'll come steal your gold or like potions, like they're just like these little monkey things. So rude. <laughs> I know. It's funny. There are seven main playable characters in Final Fantasy X, starting with Titus, our main protagonist, a mm-hmm. cheerful young teenager, and a star blitzball player from Xanderkind. He is 17. Yuna, also 17, a young summoner, our main heroine, and then Kamari, who is a Ronso, who's been looking over Yuna uh, since childhood, since her um, father has passed. What's a Ronso again? Ronso is the, the lion-like Okay, ones. I was like, that's the cats, right? Yes. Waka, who is another Blitzball player and is Yuna's childhood friend on Besaid. Lulu, a a stoic black mage close to Yuna and Waka. And then we run into Orin, a former warrior monk who worked with both Titus and Yuna's father. And then Riku, who is Yuna's cousin, a perky little Albed girl. Who you probably know the best. I know her. I I was going to say, I definitely know Riku. I think I know Lulu. And then I can't remember most of the other names you said, but I know at least two of them. <laughs> Yuna, I'm sure you yep. know. The girls, I'm sure you know. And yeah, basically. Or- probably Orin. Orin is just a name that is used in a lot of fantasy yeah. shit. They use it all over the fucking place. All right. So the game starts with Titus as he waits with his allies outside the ruins of an ancient city, and he begins to narrate the events that led to the present. 
then it goes into the past, and basically most of the gameplay is essentially what he's narrating oh, to you. like a flashback. Yes. And then you, you do a bit, so which is most of the game, and then you do eventually catch up to that point, and you play the remainder of the game on the, the present. So after he begins telling you his story, it all begins in his home city, the high-tech metropolis of Xanderkind where he is a renowned blitzball player and son of the famous blitzball star, Jekt. During a blitzball tournament, the city is attacked by an immense creature that Orin, a man that is not originally from Xanarkin, calls Sin. Sin destroys Xanarkin and takes Titus and Orin to a world called Spira. So one of the greatest things about this game is that you're in the point of view of Titus and he is brand new to the world. So as opposed to just when you're like finding out the story of yeah. whatever is happening or whatever you're about to go fight like or whatever, you are both literally finding out about this whole world. Everything is as new to you as it is to him. I like that. Yes. So you can relate to him and, you know, his reactions or your reactions and all that also, stuff. Also, everything doesn't feel as much like, here's exposition. Yeah, exactly. So it's really nice. So, it you know, it puts it in that nice point of view where it's just not like... You're sort of expected to know this. The characters know this, but you're like, you don't, yeah, because you don't know it. No, Titus is gasping with you. Beautiful. So upon arriving to Spira, Titus is rescued by Albed salvagers who speak a language that is foreign to Titus. The fun thing about the Albed language is they essentially just switched all the letters around. So all the words, like, it's still... It all lines up. Yeah, so not like they switch the words. They like A is like an E, and then or and then E is like an I. So yeah. like, and then they put those together. So it it forms not actual words, but it still forms words that you can sort of you can say. Still recognize. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's like a dialect. Yes, and well, you can't recognize them. Like, as like, a person. As a person. Yeah. But you're still sort of able to say them, at least, like, English language-wise, because there's still going to be vowels in them, and there's still going to be oh. the, yeah. So, like, the one word I know is um, we, which is is you, so it's O-U-I. Oh, like French. Y- y- yes. But obviously not. But, yeah, but they switched, the, they switched them appropriately so that they can still make words that you can say. And you can go around and get primers, they're called all-bed primers, that uh, give you like R equals M or whatever it is, so you can okay, start yeah, reading. Yeah, so it's like a it. Cody type dealing. Co- yeah, it is essentially mm-hmm. they made it like a code, but yeah. it's their language and it makes words. Those are always like I'm always like it's lazy, but it is also fun. Yes, mm-hmm. Kryptonian is the same sort of way. Yeah, it's just like a, a codex. I think that might yep. be the right word. Where this letter equals this This letter, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But one of them, Riku, speaks the same language as Titus and reveals that uh, Sin destroyed Xanarkin a thousand years ago after they all think that Titus is crazy because he's like, I'm from Xanderkin. I want to get back to Xanderkin. And they're like, like, uh, it's going to be tough. Yep. Um, have a tough time. Yeah. He then ends up, uh, ends up telling Riku the story of how he got there, and she explains that since toxins make people a little bit weird and off, and that it was probably just a really odd dream that also kind of gave him amnesia from the trauma. 
after Sin attacks again, Titus ends up being separated from the Albed and he drifts to a tropical island of Besaid. This is where he meets Waka, the captain of the local Blitzball team. And he and Titus ends up showing off his Blitzball skills. Because remember, he was the star player of the Zanakin And he's 17 and is like, look how cool I am. so cool. Yeah, essentially. So Waka's all impressed and he ends up introducing Titus to Yuna, who's the young summoner about to go on her pilgrimage and uh with waka lulu and kamari as her guardians and she goes on a pilgrimage to obtain the final aeon and so she can defeat sin so they end up going to a blitzball tournament in luka they bring titus along because they're like well bc is like this tiny little island and luka is one of their biggest cities so they're like you'll probably know someone there because you don't remember anything because of sin's toxins so he goes along with them uh, but no dice. No one knows. No one knows him mm-hmm. because he is from another dimension. Mm-hmm. And he ends up joining the party as one of Eunice's guardians in hope of finding a way home. The only one who does actually believe him is Yuna because Jekt had the same story. And as we sort of know from I mentioned it before, yep. Jekt and her dad worked together years ago, and she so she knows that story from Jekt. How that deal goes? Yeah. So during literally, I think like, I'm not sure if it's after the tournament or the during the tournament or it's about to it just finish, mm-hmm. um, sin attacks and uh. they have to fight him off and all that good stuff. And then Oren ends up showing up. This is where you find out that Oren not only knew Titus's dad, but also Jack, but also knew Yuna's father, Lord Braska, who was the one who... Uh, destroyed Sin in the previous go. Oh, okay, okay. Is Sin just a dude? Sin is this big whale monster. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought, and then I was yeah. like, now I'm confused. Yeah, I kind of, I don't go into too much in this, the plot, because the plot isn't super yeah, important. No. I'll go into a little bit more detail when I get to the actual religion stuff, mm-hmm. but this is just sort of meet the characters and the sort of setup of Spira. That helps me picture it better. Yeah. Yuna ends up inviting Orin to be her guardian as well, and he agrees, so they all go off and continue on their party. Titus is shocked because he actually thought his father had died before Yuna's dad even went on a pilgrimage. Because he vanished. Ah, one of those. Yep. Yep. And so along the way, they then meet Riku, and this is where you find out that Riku is Yuna's cousin on Yuna's mom's side, and then this also means that Yuna is part Elbed. But does she look it? Yuna has one blue eye and one green eye. Ah. Yeah. But I think green eyes are literally just a, an Albet. Like yeah. they can be bl- other people can be blonde, was, but it, green eyes is legit an Albet trait. The weird shrug was mostly a why didn't they figure this out beforehand? So the only people, well, obviously Titus didn't know because he doesn't know anything. He's new. The only person who's close to her that doesn't legit know is Waka because Waka's essentially a racist um that's besides the point like everybody else knows like Oren instantly knows riku is out bad yeah kamari doesn't care titus doesn't know the difference between anything and lulu knows that yuna is half out bad okay she already knows yeah 
So it's not like, oh my god. Yeah. So, and I feel like the Albed mostly keeps them themselves. So I feel like a lot of like you can travel around just fine. And since Riku, Riku knows perfect. English in this case, or in Japanese, if you're playing the game in Japan or whatever language, that people don't even fucking like, even though, because people, they can dye their hair and they have like hair dye and shit like that in Yevon. And like even Titus is blonde, but it's roots. He has roots in his hair. So like, like Orin knows Riku is Elbed right away because he looks at her eyes and he knows, but no one else pays attention to it they don't look close enough at her to know that she's albed because they're just being basically being told to hate the albed okay yes gotcha okay now that we've gone through the whole party in a basic rundown um we'll get into the main thing i'm talking about because the rest of the gameplay doesn't really matter Spare's main power, its government and religion, kind of mixed into one, is, yep, completely focused around a war that destroyed Xanarkin about a thousand years ago called the Machina War, which is Spare's name for machinery and technology. Oh, okay. A god named Yevon and a monster that is their punishment, Sin. And he's this big, giant whale-type thing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the name has no representation at all. Yes. None at all. Cool. No, it has everything to do. <laughs> all right. So the people of Spira follow the teachings of Yevon. A practitioner of the Yevon faith is referred to as a Yevonite. The faith is called is named after you, Yevon, a summoner who lived in Xanarkin 1,000 years ago. Nearly all the people of Spira follow the teachings of Yevon, including the Ronzo and the Guado. The Albed are an exception are viewed as heretics because of their use of machina, which is a practice forbidden by the church. Well, sounds like uh, everybody else is a loser because machina sound cool. <laughs> so Sin was named by the people of Spira who believe the beast came into being as punishment for their ancestors relying on machina and becoming a Hednostic society. Ah. So by following the teachings of Yevon, the people of Spira believe one day they will atone for their crimes and sin will vanish. Mm. It is unknown who the creator of Yevon is. The temple itself uh, perpetuates a belief that Yevon was a powerful summoner from Xanarkin who passed on his teachings to his daughter, Unalaska. Yes, Una is named after Unalaska. Ah. That is mentioned. And as a means to vanquish sin that has manifested as a curse on mankind for their sinfulness, starting from the Machina War. The temple was named after him, and Yevon became an object of veneration as the person who gave Spira the seed of salvation. However, even the temples don't know how Yevon had acquired the teachings or what happened to him after he granted them. In truth, the teachings were developed by the temple itself based on ideas on how the, to best preserve Spira, and they basically told everyone to just shut up and not ask any questions, and since everyone basically just wants Sing gone, they just Listens. listen. Cool. Okay. I kind of see where we're going. (laughs) So how does Yevon say that you defeat sin? Summoners. Once summoners go around and they pray to all the faiths, spelled with a Y, 
they gain them as allies, and though they become their aeons, you travel to the destroyed city of Xanarkand for the final summoning. The summoner will give their life to perform the summoning, but in turn, this aeon will defeat sin in what they call a period of time. The calm will come. The faith were humans who were willing, uh, who willingly had their souls sealed in statues in a state of dreaming back in the Machina War. So when you go to Xanakind, there's just like a giant wall, everything of people in a stone statue, and like but they're like glowing, and they're they say like they're dreaming, and what the dreaming is like for the aeons and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. The face powers allow the summoners to use the power of pyreflies, which are the glowing orbs that you see all over the place in Final uh. Fantasy X, to create physical forms from the face's dreams called the Aeons. So that's where the Aeons come from. Gotcha. And they were, like I said, apparently came about in that war to help stop the war. So what's the problem? Well. <laughs> Sin... <laughs> always comes back oh shock ah that's why it's called the calm because it's just a period of calm weep and what yevon makes everyone believe is that if everyone is it has a truly atoned for their sins once destroyed it won't come back and there will be an eternal calm uh... there is of course no proof of this and it seems like the only ones who question it are the Elbed. And even not so much that they question it, but being like, well, this isn't working. Sin keeps coming back. So let's try to figure out another way to do this. something else? A plan B since plan Um, A is a big failure. So they they go on salvages. They get all that machina trying to find a way to defeat Sin a different way and not sacrifice a person every single time they have to do it. Yeah. Um, That's pretty fucked up. Yes. And this is why they're outcasts and they're labeled with treason and the reason why sin keeps coming back. And of course, everybody just kind of goes with it because yes. they want someone to blame. Who would we like as our scapegoat this week? Yes. Oh, the people who don't look the same as us. <laughs> yes. We are essentially the religion of Yevin and all its beliefs play on the fear of sin and the sliver of hope that if they follow the rules, sin will go away. We won't. But guess what? It's all bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit. All these stories of the Savior, you, Yevin, the promise of an eternal con, and sin as a punishment for their sins. It's all made up by some old dudes who are just trying to find a way to get uh, keep or make and then maintain order after the war. Mm-hmm. And maintain order and figure out how to stop this giant creature that was essentially destroying the world. Mm-hmm. And then I guess by just because of time and fear, it ended up just sticking and that's just what people knew. So that's what they were taught and that's just what they went with. We leaned in real hard. And you also have to remember that they basically were like the technology can't go anywhere. Because they're saying technology is what's calling sin, causing sin. Mm-hmm. So no one even has the ability to communi- really communicate with other people. And no one has the ability to get information and to learn because of that. So uh, I'm going to tell you the real story. So the war was between Bevel and Xanderkin. Xanderkin, if you don't remember. Mm-hmm. During the war, Bevel relied on Machina for weapons and Xanderkin used summoners. When Xanderkin was losing because their Machina was way stronger, Yu Yevin, a summoner of Xanderkin, 
and its leader devised a plan both to defeat Bevel and to preserve the city of Xanarkin forever because it was not doing great and a lot of people were dead. Not good. Oh, yeah. I have bad feelings about where this is going. So, Yu Yevin called the surviving people of the city together and transformed them into the faith. And they ended up being basically conducts for a massive summoning that created a spectral version of Xanarkin from the dreams of the former Xanarkin inhabitants that became the faith. Remember, they're always dreaming. Yep. Yu Yevin set this uh, this dream Xanarkin out to sea. They called the Pyreflies to himself to craft the first Sin. Sin was given three objectives. To protect the summoning of dream Xanarkin, to ensure it was not discovered, and then to destroy any city that grew too large or relied too heavily on technology. The strain of trying to control Sin ended up being too much for Yu Yevin, and in the process, it destroyed his mind, removing any conscious control that he may have had, thus Sin becoming the monster and just being guided by those three instincts. And he started by attacking the places with the most Machina-dependent civilizations Mm -hmm. all over Sphera, starting with Sanokin itself, which is why it's in ruins. This is also why... Whenever usually there's like big machina things that are going to happen at one scene, like they have all this al machina trying to defeat Sin in a different way, mm-hmm. and it like comes to it and destroys everything. So, Yu Yevin was reduced to a husk who existed only to summon. So, in order to allow Spare a nice little reprieve and hope of salvation, Yu Yevin's daughter, Unaleska, presented a way to destroy Sim, the final Aeon. A powerful Aeon born from the bond of love, sacrificing her husband, Zeon, for the ritual. He becomes the first final Aeon and destroyed Sin, but the final summoning killed Unaleska. So when you're playing the game, this is where you find out, everyone except Orin, because he's already been through it, Uh that not only does the final summoning kill the summoner, the final summoning Aeon is always one of the guardians with the summoner because they have to give themselves up in order to become an Aeon, which isn't shocking when you think about it because the faith are the Aeons and faith are made by sacrificing yourself. But also it's pretty fucked up. Yes. So they're all like, this is really fucked up because you're like, Unalaska is like, here's the truth about everything. And I was like, and everybody's just been going along with this for years. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So it's weird how, it's weird how Yevin does that to a yeah. person. Right? Yevin. Not anything that Yevin might be <laughs> symbolizing. <clears throat> so, you Yevin spirit then ends up possessing Zeon's final Aeon and over time transforms into New Sin with Unaleska's final Aeon at its core. Good lord. During this time, the Nusin was too weak to terrorize Spira, establishing the temporary period of calm. But what does this mean? There's no hope for an eternal calm because that final Aeon that destroys it will become becomes it. Becomes it. Oh my god. Which also means what you sort of find out right now in this time is Jekt oh, is no. Sin. Oh, no. Yes. 
Oh no! I knew this was gonna be in a different <laughs> bad direction. But but Jax brought Titus from this dream world because it's found out that Titus is from the dreams Anakin, oh. like Jax was. Okay. And the reason he's able to like bring him out is because technically Sin is the dream world, so he's the link to this dream world of Xanarkand. Okay. Because Sin. Yeah. Is the dream world. No, I get it. It makes sense. It's and just Jack brought him out took me being like, time. we need to figure out how to end this. Yes. Also, oh. end me because I'm sin. Say, everything's so tragic. Yes. Oh my God. So they not only do they find out that there's basically no amount of repentance or anything that can result in making sin go away this way because they're literally just feeding sin a new body every single time they find out that yevin and the maesters uh, who are the leaders all know this of course they know this yeah so one thing leads to another and they end up getting back to the main maester and they yuna and her friends and people her posse call them out on this and the reason the maesters say they're lying to everyone is that their teachings give spira hope and keeps the citizens from succumbing to despair i literally just threw up in my yay mouth. religion yeah that's what i said yeah oh we provide hope okay fuck you seriously if you're this is that shitty episode of x-men evolution we just watched where the brotherhood was like we're heroes and it's like <laughs> no you just put all these people in like danger so you can be that heroes is, yes. it's not the same no. also those were dumb teenagers not people who had committed their lives to this you know no big True. deal no fucking big deal you also find out the main maester maester micah i think it is mm-hmm. is an undead and he hasn't been sent and he's just fucking kicking around leading people into the same routine over Ruh. and over again like a douchebag <sighs> all right so um apparently one of the only or the only person that's able to actually create the final aeon is unaleska so she herself is an unsent when you go to see her she's just unsent and mm-hmm. she tells you everything so as told from the official timeline of fantasy 10 ultimania omega during the first calm the survivors begin reconstructing spira focusing off the valve after you Yevon has regenerated as Sin, Spira's plate began anew because the second incarnation of Sin destroyed the remaining Machina civilizations and thus Machina began to fall out of favor and basically became prohibited unless it was okayed by the Church of Yevon, aka like the Blitzball Dome and Luca, but we'll get more into that later. Mm. All right. Other than the blink control of people by using fear and then offering them about the same amount of hope as the amount of milk that Pierce offered Bucky. Rude! <laughs> oh my God. Way to pierce right into my fucking heart. I knew you would feel that. Yeah, I, had, I had to make sure you know how much hope they were actually like, giving them. No worries. I've been angry this entire time, but now I'm really genuinely angry. There's a lot. <laughs> I knew that would get you. This is a really good simile right now. It was. I'm mad. (laughs) Um, There's other things that we can call out about this organized religion in this Mm -hmm. game. Also, because I didn't stick it in anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Chris Evans. I mean, you mentioned Bucky. I mentioned Bucky. I mentioned Civil War. 
I mentioned not Civil War. The, the good, good soldier. Shit. Yeah. Civil War sucks. Yeah, that's why I said the good shit when you said <laughs> when you said Winter Soldier. Spiro's savior is Yevim, and Yevim is the creator, yet he himself is Sim. Spira's oppressor. The cycle is entirely godless. People made it, and it is the people who sustain it. Mm-hmm. Religion. <laughs> All races on Spira are united under Yevin, but only as long as they follow the teachings. The oh, Obed are hated for using Machina and are even blamed for sin by a lot of Yevinites. Yay, religion. Mm-hmm. But upon visiting Spira's holy epicenter, Bevel, Machina are to be seen in abundance. Their mere suggestion of using them is enough to condone an entire minority, but it seems that the Machina officially sanctioned by Yevin to fulfill basically the identical use or even warlike roles compared to the ones of the Albed means that they're wrong. Um, But these ones, God said, were okay. Yep. Yep. Yevin's leader are basically saying Machina started our trouble, so Machina is not allowed uh, except for us. Basically. Ugh. Yep. Mm. And then the main one, which we've touched upon, but let's pull it all together in a nice bow instead of it just being splashed in many places throughout, is you just got to have faith. Yevon and his leaders not only don't have any support for its religion and the beliefs, and they all know it's a lie. <laughs> they basically just tell everyone, you got to have faith, believe in you, Yevon, and eventually he will reward Spear by destroying sin. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's like, and if you don't believe in you, Yevon, then it's your fault. Yes, sin's still you're around. the one creating sin, yes. and the reason why sin is around is because there is you. sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. So we're just going to end that here because if we don't, I'm just going to go on my own fucking war on organized religion, which this is not what this is about. But I will say this. This podcast is too short for that. Too short. And we didn't do any research. Churches, you should be taxed because you are robbing everyone else blind. It's bullshit that you're not fucking taxed. And stop raping children. Thanks. Also that. That's a big one. Hey everyone, this is George Tripsis, co-host from the Metal Geeks podcast, along with Carrie the Metal Geek and Brutal Dave. Our show is where we bring the Metal Geek culture and heavy metal culture and mash it into the geek culture. Come listen to our show where we talk about movies, comic books, Disney stuff, and mostly about movies where I'm always right and Carrie's never right. Check us out at MetalGeeks.net and catch us on all your ear hole listening podcast devices. I'm Carrie the Metal Geek and I approve this message. All right, episode 37, what am I going to do? Do you know? Why would I know? I didn't think so, but you never know. You might have guessed it. Uh, I'm doing Max Lord. <laughs> I felt like a dummy for not doing it last week, so I was like, I'm fucking doing it. I fucked up last week, let's do it now. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the title of it is just Max Lord is a Jerk, which yes, he is. It's true. Uh-huh. For my sources today, I used Wikipedia, Fandom, and DC, and then also an article that was Max Lord, How the Wonder Woman 1984 uh, Villain Got His Powers by Timothy Donahue. 
So Max Lord a la Wonder Woman 84 is but a shitty pale interpretation of a shitty character, but it's he's shitty as in morals and not as in writing. <laughs> so that was the difference. Also, before I forget to say it, I think the problem is Pedro Pascal needs a mustache. <laughs> and, you know, not a terrible wig, but like, I really think that's it. That's all. I spent... More way too much time <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like, why he looks so awful I don't so understand awful. how you're so hot all the time and this is terrible I'm unhappy there we go cool 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 so in order to get to our main story we have to do some backstory first Max Lord was created by Keith Giffen J.M. DeMattis and Kevin McGuire and uh, debuted in Justice League number one which served as the book and the team's reboot after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes, sorry, friends. It is going to be another which crisis is which episode. <laughs> and I'm sorry because I also don't fucking know. There's um, just a lot of crisis happening. Ugh, I'm having a fucking crisis over this. <laughs> DC, this is your fault. I hope you're fucking happy. So he was basically a financial backer for the newest iteration of the Justice League, like a Tony Stark, but without any robots, which is kind of ironic for later. And then also I was like, what do they do about that when they don't have Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne? Like how there aren't a lot of independently wealthy ones. And when it is like, do you have to be independently wealthy to finance yourself to be a superhero? I feel like... If you're financing yourself, yeah, I don't feel like Widow or Cap are hurting for money at all. Because, but they couldn't like finance the Avengers. No, but they can finance themselves being a fucking superhero. I think that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. they probably get like a decent chunk of money from Shield. Well, I assume they have plenty of fucking money from Shield. Yeah, and then also like the other side of that is if you do have backers then are you like stuck in their pocket all the time yeah um i need that's why you want your backer to be part of your team yep (laughs) this one didn't work (laughs) spoiler alert for the future so um when he first started out there was a dumb story where he was controlled by (laughs) a robotic program thing named kilgore which is pronounced kilgore and spelled K-I-L-G percent sign R-E. Oh my god, DC yeah. burned down to the fucking ground. It literally ground. makes me the most angry. Like, who are you, fucking Kesha? At least that looks like a fucking S. This is supposed to be an O. And, and you just- are not cool enough to be fucking Kesha. Yeah. I love Kesha so much. <laughs> this is not This is not Kesha. This is Kilgore. You're a fucking nerd. Um, so for some reason, this robot possessed him and made him secretly want to form a league to rule the world. But uh, once Robot Kilgore was eliminated, this drive went away. What is the... Why? Why do you Why want for? to rule the world? I don't even want to rule myself. I'm tired. I need a fucking nap. <laughs> but like a metaphysical nap. <laughs> I keep trying to take real naps. And it doesn't help. I'm like, oh, it turns out I'm not actually tired from doing nothing. (laughs) Weird. But yeah, so from there on, Lord was just more the profile of a sleazy 80s businessman. And he wasn't like a bad guy. He was just, you know. Sleazy. Sleazy. 
Um, and he's still slimy, yeah. greasy. Ew, I can imagine him being greasy. Yeah. <laughs> um, during the invasion storyline, because I guess DC had one of those too. I don't know about it. It doesn't really fucking matter. <laughs> First time hearing of hey, it. Whatever. Um, anyhow, what's up with all of that is a gene bomb activates latent metahuman powers in several normal humans, including Max Lord. What is with their fucking bombs? They had the carnage bomb too, right? I just feel like there's a lot of like here's Except bomb now I see powers. just a bunch of Jean Greys. Before it was a bunch of cute carnages being like, nah, and now I just have annoying Jean Grey being like, Scott, Scott, Scott! Oh my fuck. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but Emma has like soft, dulcet tones. And she's And she'll step on you. Well and she won't scream. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> She won't give Scott that fucking... Absolutely not. <laughs> There's no way! No. She would not give that to him! <laughs> no. <laughs> Scott's a little piss baby who does not deserve it. And she knows, and that's why their relationship works so well. <laughs> He's like, it's okay, please step on me. And I'm like, also <laughs> me. Me! Over here! Hi. Can I be next in line? <laughs> uh, I would also... Hi, Hosey. Um... Uh, Dibs, uh, what can I say next? Okay. This uh, gene which he had that gave him metahuman powers, he had the new power to sense and control the minds of others, but it was very, very difficult for him, so he didn't do it very often. So uh, part of what happens next is why he has this grudge against the metahumans, but uh, the supervillain Dreamslayer, which, uh, okay, I love your Dead Journal's Evanescence background music, Uh, (laughs) him and his team take over Max Lord's body and, like, possess, basically, and supercharge his mind control ability in order to control thousands of minds at once, and then using his body and power dream slayer caused the jli to lose its charter and almost forced them to disband uh and then someone named silver sorceress who i have no idea who she fucking is sounds like a not as good version of silver sable just saying um (laughs) used her power to contain dream slayer in her own mind before dying and killing it with her uh lord was successfully freed of control but his power had seemingly burnt out and then uh, he ends up dying of a brain tumor. So that's the end of the episode. All right. Cool. Hi, everyone. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. No, it is not the end of the episode, oh. unfortunately. Everything gets worse. So he dies of a brain tumor. And then he's downloading. And then because it's comics, he doesn't actually die. Yes. So he is downloaded into a robot by Kilgore, who I guess is also not dead for no reason. Kill hashtag gore or whatever the fucking percentage it's a fucking percentage sign i'm like cool okay you guys are great who thought of that i'm gonna hunt you down yeah i warn you now i will find you fucking find you so they later retcon the fact that he's like a random cyborg because it's fucking stupid (laughs) it doesn't make sense and it's dumb no death no fucking cyborg no none of it happened is back blah blah blah. none of that happened that was that was a dream because you got too close to sin (laughs) Ugh. (laughs) Ugh. yeah and here's uh so a quote on it by uh dan didio at the time was we thought about that aspect of the story where uh, max was turned into a cyborg some more and then asked did anyone read it no did anyone like the idea no so we moved ahead with max as being a human 
and uh, he needs to be a human for the storyline to make sense. So they were like, fuck that shit. We're not paying attention to it anymore. It never happened. Everybody close your eyes to it. It's fine. Comics are so infuriating. It's so confusing. Especially DC. DC pulls the shit all the time. DC every 20 years is like, hey, we are going to reboot everything. It's a crisis. Or as soon as fucking 2000 hit, they rebooted like eight times. Okay, um, so... No more percentage sign, dude. No more percentage sign, dude. Lord uh, is no longer a cyborg and is instead secretly a criminal mastermind during his entire tenure with the Justice League. So, Don't you like how that just conveniently happened, too? It's one of those things where it could kind of fit in, because he's always been kind of sleazy and he's always been about money. But he's, he's but a he's businessman. Yeah. He's sleazy and all about money. Exactly. So it was something where it's like you probably shouldn't have trusted him in the first place, and then you did, so it's not completely out of left field, but, like, for him to be a mastermind? Okay, calm down. <laughs> uh, everybody Maybe you should down. have left him a cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> then he would have a reason to be so good at stuff. It's true. Uh, I don't know. So in this rewrite of the continuity, uh, Lord rose to power and corporate status as a result of his father's death and his mother's prodding towards uh, controlling superhumans because his mom was like fucking crazy about like superhumans and shit like that. Bad crazy or good crazy? Bad crazy. Oh, okay. So his mom's a fucking bitch and she doesn't like superhumans and she's been like, okay, well, keep pushing forward to this thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's annoying. And then uh, he manipulated the events that led to the formation of the Justice League International, while at the same time he kind of uh, sabotaged a lot of their efforts to make them basically as ineffectual as possible. And the entire time he gathered sensitive information and weaknesses about the world's superheroes. Which, like, can kind of fit in with his old story, I guess. He He's always been bitter towards metahumans, and he's always been there with the money. So it would make sense that he would have more of the information if you're... You have to get somebody's social security number for their W-2 if they're a superhero? Tell me about superhero economics. I can't even tell you about regular economics. Me neither. I can't <laughs> tell you about regular shit, except for the fact that W-2 is the right... Thing and it's not a W. What's the difference between a W two and a W four? Oh, I definitely don't know. <laughs> Fuck that shit! Are you kidding me? So that's his dumb background. Now, now that we've cycled through all the other things, and they were like that didn't work and it was dumb. Don't be a robot for no reason. Cyborg. Cyborg. My absolute bad. I'm so sorry. Fuck you, Max Lord. And kill Gore. Kill parenthesis Gore. I percentage, <laughs> not parenthesis. It's just one parenthesis. Um, honestly, one parenthesis makes more sense than a fucking mm-hmm. percentage sign. Unless it's Kilgore with two O's and one's over the other one, like a fucking percentage sign. Those are your two O's? Kilgore? I mean, I guess. I hate that. I'm gonna find you. And fuck you up. And I'm gonna fucking kill you. Oh boy. We're leaving it in. <laughs> Leave it in, Kevin. That's a threat. Yep. Officially, we don't know who you are because we're too lazy to look it up, but... But I'll Google it eventually. Yeah. I have a new Chromebook. (laughs) It's Google-friendly. Done. Okay. After this, several weird things happen in pretty rapid succession. During the JLI era, which is what Max Lord was, like, running... 
Doomsday causes the death of Superman, among a bunch of others. Did you purposely put on your Wonder Woman shirt? Uh, so it was the first thing that was on top, but also yes. <laughs> yes and yes. The JLI were actually the first people who rocked up on Doomsday to fight him, which is the funniest thing because they're not good at most things, which is why I like them so much. Who? The JLI. Uh, who's in this group? So JLI, it changes from time to yeah, time. So but who's like, normally in it? Blue uh, Beetle, Booster Gold, Fire, Ice. John Jones was in it for a while. It's like one specific cover that I'm trying to think of that's like, oh, Power Girl was in it? I think it? I know the, the cover you're you thinking do. about. It's very like, it's been copied yeah. over and over and over again for other comics and other things like that. It's, you know, a lot of like BC listers for DC. Uh, the Hawks, I think. Definitely Hawk Man. Maybe Hawk Lady. I don't remember when she's Hawk Woman, Hawk Girl. Depends on which. Exactly. <laughs> Everything is complicated. If you think the crises are fucking complicated, I don't, don't look at the Hawks ever. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I had enough with the Gunthries. <laughs> the Gunthries is just bad writing. <laughs> I'd say I'm over families, but we haven't talked about our favorite ones yet. No, we haven't. Oh, okay. Doomsday causes the death of Superman. Among others, the JLI are the first people to get there. The fact that they needed somebody with Superman's strength to fight Doomsday. And it was like fire and Booster Gold being like, we got this. Aw, you guys are adorable. Booster Gold never has anything. Not until way, way, way in the future. We already covered that. Damn, (laughs) listen to that fucking episode. How many callbacks did we make in this one episode? This one has a bunch, (laughs) actually, as it turns out. (laughs) Mongol is then persuaded via torture uh, to serve Cyborg Superman, another callback to the death episode, to gain vengeance on Superman for something really fucking stupid and try to turn Earth into another war world. LOL. So in the process of this, Hal Jordan's home, Coast City, is fucking annihilated. Everybody who is there is murdered. That's a bummer. It is a bummer. It's a big goddamn bummer. Also... One of the people who lives in Coast City is Max Lord's mom. Bad time. So she dies from this, too. And he's basically like, okay, well, this is just another thing that just proves that metahumans and their petty squabbles ruin fucking everything. And it's like, well, most of the time I say that, but also, like, what were you going to do about Doomsday except for a metahuman? The rest, I could see it with a lot of your points. This one, no. And then if you remember... Way, 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 way back, all the way back to the first episode we did on Zatanna. The identity crisis happened because Sue Dibney, the wife of Ralph Dibney, a elongated man, was murdered and Dr. Light was a suspect because he had once raped Sue in the Justice League Tower. And then they erased his memory and also Batman's about the whole mess. It's like, literally, when I was reading more about this comic, there were a lot of people, like, well-known comic book writers who were like, this was what ruined comics. I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't have gone this dark and you decided to go too far. You should have just killed him. You literally were like, oh, lobotomizing someone is less bad than just murdering them. And also Batman, who's just there. And Batman, who's Mm -hmm. just... And then also... Who... I mean, so like, maybe a lobotomy would help Batman. <laughs> That's a question mark. So, 
Dr. Light ends up not even being the person who murdered Sue Dibney. It was Adam's ex-wife, the Adam, who I completely forgot about. Um, his ex-wife, Jean Loring, because she had a mental breakdown, which is boo this entire fucking story. So, so fucking lame. It's lame, and it's also so fucking shitty and convoluted. And it makes that whole fucking story even worse. Yeah. It makes it even worse than it was. Because then you just put it in to put another story in so that we can't trust anybody. Which I get, like, the point, but there's... But also, there's gonna be a don't trust way. anybody anyways. Don't trust anybody anyways. Don't make rape the main part of your story and then don't actually give any, like, gravitas to the actual victim. Eh, looking at you, DC, and all of your fridged women. Just saying, if there's a reason that that is a phrase because of you... Maybe you should look at your fucking shit. It's true. Okay. Yeah. Boo this entire story. But anyhow, both Sue and Ralph uh, worked with or were in, Ralph was in the JLI. And um, Max Lord was, you know, closer with them. He ends up talking to Booster at Sue's funeral. And it further dents his already dwindling faith in superheroes. Which, like... To be fair, this entire shitty story is don't believe in superheroes because they're also shitty. Which I'm like, I see where you're coming from, but also why? Everybody knows people are fucking shitty. We don't need to read this in our escapism. Thank you. He sucks. Fucking pick up a Marvel comic book every once in a while. Marvel's got their share of... They do, but it's not like this. Well, the and the is- worst fucking universe is the ultimate universe. Absolutely. not their main fucking storyline no No, it's true it just sucks because for a while dc was like not this way for a long long while it was it was messy but it wasn't like and then they lobotomized batman yeah don't lobotomize people they lobotomized batman they raped sue Dibney for half a story that she's not even the fucking main character of and then she dies at the beginning of cool but also the person who wrote that was definitely a man who was like, it was a mentally ill woman who did this. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Eat my butt. Ew. No, don't eat my butt. Eat a bag of glass assholes. And then you have the countdown to <laughs> Infinite Crisis. <laughs> yeah, so this whole story starts off with our girl, Oracle. Oracle tells uh, Blue Beetle, Ted Cord that someone has siphoned 20 million of his fucking money to several dummy uh, corporations nearly I like how you said that. 20 million of his money. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, look at this. I wrote 20 million of his money. Where am I looking? There's so uh, many words. 20 million of his money. <laughs> 20 million dollars of his money. Obviously. <laughs> Oracle is like, hey, Blue Beetle, somebody stole twenty million dollars from you, and they put in a bunch of (laughs) dummy corporations, and it has nearly bankrupted you. And you should look at that shit because you know I pay attention to things. Probably, (laughs) I'm the only one pay attention. When Oracle was Oracle, she was literally the only person who had any fucking shit together at all in oh my the God. universe, period. I love End that story. so much. I will fight you on that. She's like, um, this is weird. Also, one of the names on the receipt is OMAC. O-M-A-C. Parenthesis. Percentage. A, period. 
Sench sign. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank fuck. Okay. Yeah. And she was also like, uh, someone's using your ATM card too. So literally right now. Basically, yeah. During Times Square. Some shit is happening. So uh, here's where you can go where your card is being used. And he goes and he finds Booster Gold there. And Booster's like, I'm not doing anything with your card. I'm like half a shitty celebrity, so I can kind of pay for my own <laughs> I have my own bank account. Yeah. I have my own card. I'm sure it's gold to go with every the rest of my nonsense. In blue writing. I'm into it. So Ted is like, um, here's what's going on. And then Boosty is like, uh, we should probably go see Max Lord and see what's up about that because he handles a lot of our money and he might know a little bit more about this. Uh, and then Max is like, no worries, I'll look into things. And then um, Blue Beetle is like, let's go see Bruce Wayne about this. I got I, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold fused into one in my brain for a second, but I got it. That's fair. They're basically fused into one slash a couple. I mean, there's blue and there's bees and I don't know. Yeah. Blue and gold. The blue and gold. Yeah. Boosty's like, I have to go leave to uh, shoot a commercial so I can't go see Batman with you. So bye. Who knows whether that's true or not. I also would have told any lie to not go see Batman. I don't ever want to see Batman. <laughs> and then uh, Batman. last Dick Grayson is there. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. We had a full... <laughs> We literally had a moment to think about Dick Grayson. <laughs> a moment of silence for Dick Grayson's ass. Oh, so pretty. Mm. And his, like, everything. Acrobaticness. Ugh. He's so bendy. He's so- I was just gonna say that! <laughs> you beat me by a word! <laughs> you do that to me literally all the time. Well! That's fair. <laughs> Finally, my turn. Um, but yeah, so Batman is like, no worries, uh, Blue Beetle, I'll look into it get the fuck out of here because I don't like anybody from the league because I'm still very bitter because this is right after he figured out that he had his brain fucked up. He's also Batman and always oh, yeah. bitter. He could have just talked to somebody about his problems, but he didn't because he's Batman and that's what he does. Actually, so the next line <laughs> is Alfred tells Batman to forgive and forget and Batman's like, no, I'm paranoid because I remember that the league had mind wiped me. That is not why you're paranoid. You're already paranoid. I'm sure it didn't help the paranoia, but but you are already fucking paranoid. Yeah, and then Blue Beetle calls a bunch of superheroes to one of his warehouses, and it has been burglarized. I also just picture Blue Beetle as the tick. He's, I mean, yeah, without the, like, little thingies. It's like the tick if he was paunchy. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is why I like Blue Beetle so much, because he's just like a normal dude who's like, I'm definitely going to be fine at this. And it's like, okay. <laughs> if you say that, Beetle's like, um, so weird thing that happened to me. Um, somebody stole a hundred pounds of kryptonite from me. We probably shouldn't worry about that at all, right? That's probably no big deal. That sounds like a big deal. You don't need How is there so much kryptonite if it's not from this planet? There's just bags of kryptonite. Well, Krypton exploded, so... Oh, I guess it could just be flying. I was going to say, basically, like, all of the things that we have from... That are kryptonite were, like, meteorite-type dealies. No, I just have that song stuck in my head. Kryptonite! Yeah! If I go crazy, (laughs) then will you still call me Superman? Look at this. (laughs) But yeah, so that's no big deal. Everything's fucking fine. 
Beetle and Booster Gold are doing some computer hacking uh, to try and find where Beetle's money problems are coming from. I assume that this is just Booster sitting there playing some game on a phone, which probably they didn't have back then, and Skeet's doing the hacking. Snake. Yes. Or Skeets and Beetle are doing work, and Booster Gold is also, like, there. Playing Snake. Taking pictures with his flip phone. Oh, yeah, that's fucking true. <laughs> Boosty use, uses uh, Blue Beetle as, like, one of the passwords at one of their computers that they're doing, and then all of a sudden, a random bomb explodes. Oh, you know, random yep. bombs. And uh, Booster Gold is wounded and taken to the hospital. And Blue Beetle calls a bunch of people, like, other League people, and they're like, um, that does sound really fishy, and, like, that's stuff. Keep us posted about it. So he goes home to see uh, Booster Gold in the hospital, and while he's there, he tells Booster Gold about it, and he's like, hey, I also found a transmitter in my goggles, and somebody has been trying to keep tabs on me. And Boosie's uh, like, let's go fucking fight him. And then tries to get out of the hospital bed and immediately faints. Of course. Yep. <laughs> Shocking no one. Yeah. And uh, after seeing Booster Gold put back to bed, Beetle uh, leaves and backtracks the signal to a transmitter from the transmitter in his goggles to a fortified complex in the Swiss Alps. You're such a fucking tool. Jesus. So Why you- always the Swiss Alps? I'm like, ugh, it's just like, isn't such it cold a comp- there? Yeah, it's cold. I mean, the only thing I can think is all the Swiss bank accounts, which is a Swiss bank them. account a real thing? No fucking. Maybe way. back in the day, but I doubt they're like a legit thing now. Holy, mm. um, was it really a bank account? I think so. I have no idea. Hey Siri, what is a Swiss bank account? Banking in Switzerland dates to the early 18th century through Switzerland's merchant trade and has, over the centuries, grown into a complex, regulated. And international industry. Shall I continue? Yes. Banking is seen as emblematic of Switzerland, along with the Swiss Alps, Swiss chocolate, watchmaking and mountaineering. Switzerland has a long, kindred history of banking secrecy and client confidentiality reaching back to the early 1700s. Okay. There you go. That sounded so much better in a cute little Irish accent. (laughs) Imagine if it was skis now. Oh my god. I don't know how I feel about that, though. I'd probably cry. I'd cry. And then jump off our balcony. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that goes. Beetle gets into this place and then he goes into the computer and he opens up a file that contains the secret identities of numerous heroes around the world. And uh, he opens the file on himself uh, that's on the computer and sees that he is marked as deceased. Which would, womp, I would immediately womp. shit my pants. That would be that. <laughs> That's also why you're not a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, she's dead. And I'd be like, well, no. Someone's planning to kill me. Yeah. Uh, the office lights turn on basically as soon as he sees that. And he turns around and his Max Lord is there. Is like, yep, this is my jam now. Lord tells Beetle that he is the uh, king of the new checkmate organization whose purpose is to stop the metahumans around the world. Uh, Checkmate, I think, has been around for a while, but he's the new buddy. Whatever. Um, and then while he's being like, oh, well, this and that, uh, all of the computer files that were on the screen disappear. And Lord rushes over and is like, what the fuck did you do to them? And Beetle's like, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. And then uh, he tries to escape, but an OMAC unit, which is like a robot, disarms Beetle. And once he's immobilized, 
Lord is like, you should join me. And Beetle's like, no, fuck you. So <laughs> No thanks, buddy. Yeah. So uh, Max Lord shoots him in the head and kills him. Oh. I know. It's a big thing. now. Mm-hmm. Beetle's complicated because he kind of comes back for like a minute, but it's only just to be really depressing. But uh, it is kind of the jam of any superhero. So, yes. So at this point, Max Lord's mental powers are like stronger than ever. Alexander Luther Jr., who is from like a different universe and also godlike for some reason, uh, he gives Max Lord access to the Brother Eye satellite. And then Max Lord is able to create a swarm of OMAC cyborgs while also mind controlling Superman. It's dumb. The OMACs that they can fight are like big fucking shitty robots, but also you can't really fight them because they're just big shitty fucking robots because they're humans that have been uh, turned into that so they can be turned that wouldn't right stop now. me oh no absolutely not <laughs> once again why we're not heroes exactly. <laughs> yeah and then he also um he mind controls uh superman and has him basically almost kill batman by making him believe that batman is brainiac um and then yes. wonder woman he makes superman believe that she's doomsday who has just killed lois lane and then he justifies all of the resulting destruction as proof of his argument of, uh, about the danger of superhumans, pointing out that, like, if Wonder Woman and Superman get in a fight, this is the type of destruction that would happen. It's fucking, it's a lot. And this is what they could cause if they fought in a crowded area, arguing the fact that Superman can be brought under another's control um, pretty easily is evidence that superhumans cannot be relied on, which... Yet, well, nuke cities. Everything's a little <laughs> complicated. Um, in the middle of her battle with Superman, Diana realizes that even if she defeats him, it doesn't matter because he will still remain under Lord's absolute mental control. So she creates a diversion lasting long enough for her to race back to Lord's location and asks that he release Superman. And then Max Lord, bound by her lasso of truth, complies. But he states that basically as soon as she lets go of him, he'll just use Superman to kill people again because he can. And what are you going to do? And when she's like, how am I supposed to free Superman from your control? He replies with kill me. She basically realizes that there's only one way to stop this. from To kill him. And it is to kill him. So she snaps his neck. And then sometimes you got to kill people. In response, at the last fucking minute, the last thing that uh, Max Lord does is he has Brother Eye broadcast the footage of Wonder Woman killing Max Lord to basically every TV. So everyone gets to see her twist his fucking head off. I would be so for that. I was say, I I'd be like, I would be so horny. I'd need new underwear. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. Those ones are done. Oh, boy. That's the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it destroys a lot of her reputation and her friendship with Batman and Superman. Oh, boo-hoo! Yeah, and also, she saved both of your fucking lives. Also, once again, just because you don't kill someone when you beat them to a bloody fucking pulp, it's the same as it if it's, like, attempted murder. Yeah, just because you don't use guns, because you had a traumatic experience. You know what this podcast has made me realize? I hate Batman. Yep. I hate him. <laughs> he sucks so bad. Someday my topic will be why Batman should have stayed dead by Martha Bartlett. Why Batman should have went 
to therapy. Well, that's our, that's the theme of our podcast. Um, <laughs> that's really the theme of our podcast. <laughs> so yeah, that is Max Lord. That's all of his nonsense. Uh, he's a lot more calculating than some dude who picked up a rock and then decided to be yeah, a rock. Yeah, he sucked. In the- and it was weird. <laughs> Who <laughs> somehow became a rock? We don't Actually, really know makes sense. because but he didn't really explain it. Become the rock. <laughs> that would have been funny if he just oh turned my God. into a rock, or he just turns into the rock. Can you smell the, what the rock is cooking? Is that cooking? movie would have been way all more enjoyable dishes. with those rock eyebrows all over the place. With the rock, just period, so I can look at his beautifulness. Though apparently they can make Pedro Pascal look ugly. Like so <laughs> they probably could have made the rock pretty fucking ugly. It's too. a hard truck. <laughs> so that's that. Yeah, it's okay, Wonder Woman. You snapping his neck would have turned me on. Oh no. Okay, so that's that. Okay, cool. everyone. It's late. What time is it? A dick o'clock. 11.16. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. Please rate reviews. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get out of this. This weird tunnel. This weird blanket tent. Squishables. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, hopefully this sounds better. better. But also kind of hopefully it doesn't sound better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> You know where you can find us. Yeah. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also on the ESO Network and Podbean. Rate, review, subscribe. We're also on Instagram. If you haven't looked at any of our pictures recently, I drew Luna as 11,000 Guthries. Oh my God, it was awful. <laughs> Anyways, I, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I also have to go. And I don't want to sit here anymore. So, see you next Tuesday. If I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? If I'm alive and well, will you be there? I'm holding my hand. I'll keep you by my side with my superhuman might. Yeah! Oh, God. I hate every part of everything. I'm going home. Are you impressed with how many of the lyrics I know? Yes. Impressed is definitely the word I start to use there. <laughs> This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.